millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> We're addressing it right away. <laughs> we are. Uh, we have morning voices. We're tired. But we're doing this anyway. That's how much we care about you. So much. And about these fabulous, inspiring ladies of yore. Yeah, the women too. Them too. Yeah. Um, Forgive the morning voice. Um, <laughs> or maybe you find or it endearing. maybe you like it. Yeah. We're not going to judge what? you. Thank you. Because we don't know who you are. We don't. <laughs> we're going to start... Doing a slightly different thing than we normally do. I think we're gonna start. Mm. We're gonna start by um, doing slightly shorter episodes, but more frequently. Mm-hmm. So I think this would be a good way to absorb a lot of history because, as has been pointed out to me, most people don't like to just listen to dense history <laughs> for extended periods of time. Now, I didn't get this. That is not me. <laughs> But that's the point of the podcast, is to encourage and expand upon women who have been otherwise maybe not highlighted, or if they were, in a very negative way. Uh, so I'd like to make that more friendly to people who aren't me. Yeah. Change um, her story. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I love it, but I... Yeah, it's it's reached a point where it's a Because that's like not the... Ep- etymology of that word so I'm like I get it mm. but it's not like his story that's not no no it's just a trendy internet thing I, and which I and know. it has to just stay like it's that stop. yeah so today we're gonna start talking about and we're I'm declaring December to be the month of Margaret of Anjou Ooh. see what a good response it's a response you know do you know her I mean, we're, what, five for five here? <laughs> me not knowing these women. You might know one one day. You might have heard of one one day. I'll take it. But this is that thing I said I was going to do mm. where I start to talk about the many women at the epicenter of a conflict that lasted in England for generations. And um, I'm really excited because I feel like no one's ever done that. Because women... Why, why focus on that? Um, so let's talk about Margaret. Margaret, should I talk about the thing? Oh, I can, I can reveal the event in history. We're going to talk about the Wars of the Roses. Exciting. Which you have heard of. Yeah, that does sound familiar. I like a little, I got a glimmer of a smile. Yay. Yeah, you, you saw some recognition I in the eyes. It. The cold, so, dead eyes. I think there are so many Edwards, Henrys, and Richards that most people including myself, continue to get quite confused by this event, or a series of events. And it's actually, people like to think of that 30-year period 
approximately as uh, consistent warfare. Mm -hmm. And it was not the case. In the, like, you know, 30-plus years of fighting, there was maybe a few months of actual active fighting in total, maybe Mm -hmm. weeks. Um, A lot of it has been a crafted tale by the victor, which is always fascinating. Um, The idea of the roses being fought, that's entirely Tudor. That's a Tudor invention. Of course, the Tudors are the um, uh, Lancastrian winners. So it's a big battle between the Lancasters and the Yorks, Mm. who everyone is related. I don't know how to stress this to you more than everyone is so fucking related and they've all married each other and they all switch sides so many times and they're all named Richard, Henry, or Edward that there's just really no keeping track of it. So we're going to try, but we're going to, we're going to do it by focusing on specific women who operated and in fact ran the conflict. So we're going to talk about Margaret of Anjou and she is someone who has like the coolest legacy to be born into. Mm. She was born on the 23rd of March in 1430. We're going back to the 15th century, y'all. She was born in Lorraine. And at the time, Lorraine was a fief of the Holy Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. Empire. I almost said emperor and I went empire. Because when I make my abbreviation HRE, that's Holy Roman Emperor or Empire, depending on the context. It's a good clarification. Yes. Um, Which was at the time ruled by a cadet branch of the French kings. Cadet meaning younger son of the king. Makes sense. Um, Which was the house of Valois, Anjou, which is her family. Um, She's the second daughter to René, the king of Naples, Sicily, and Jerusalem, and Isabella, who is the Duchess of Lorraine. She has five brothers and four sisters. Um, Her father was known as Good King René. She was educated very well um and she was known as la petite creature i don't really know why but that Mm. was a that was a nickname that we know about to this day Mm. she was said to be very beautiful blah 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 blah. um what's fascinating too is um her the female legacy in her family and this is something that is that happens to all of the women we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. in this conflict um and so, from a young age, she kind of knew, I mean, she, she was dyna- of a dynastic importance, um, just because, A, her father, but also her uncle, um, who was the king of France. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she she knows that there's going to be an important match for her someday in the future. Um, and her mom actually was the one who fought to establish her her husband's claims to the crown of Naples. Mm. Um, And her grandmother, who's Yolande of Aragon, governed Anjou with, and I quote, a man's hand. Um, So it's this... I love that. I think there's something really beautiful about a legacy of women raising other women in their steps. And I think... She was very much raised to be that way, and and most chroniclers at the time mentioned that, which is actually really interesting. Um, you know that they're that they actually seek out to mention this because, and I cannot stress this enough, she is a villain in every single thing you've ever read, seen, heard, anything. She is um, reviled as this evil, indomitable, power-hungry woman. 
And it's just, you know, all of the criticism that has to do with her has to do with her capacity as a leader and the fact that she even sought to be one. So in in the way that she did, which in fact was quite valid, but we'll talk about that. Um, so it's, you know, she has this fairly average upbringing for a woman of her status. Um, and she then was betrothed to Henry VI, the King of England, which is really interesting because um, the Kingdom of France and the Kingdom of England are, I cannot stress this enough, so mad at each other. They, I mean, always, but this is in the Hundred Years' War. Like, that's barely ended. Barely. Like, Agincourt just, I think, just fucking happened. Mm. Um, and Henry has been ruling since he was a babe. His mom was, I believe, pregnant with him when his dad no no he was a baby 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 when Catherine of Valois who was his mom um and Catherine of Valois of course was the sister to Charles VII the king of England or king of France excuse me and Marie of Anjou his wife so Charles II is the king of France his sister was the queen of England she's now the dowager queen of England we'll talk about her she's important um and Marie Charles's wife is Renee's sister. That's how the relation happened. Um, and so this match was agreed to on the condition that Charles, the French king, wouldn't have to give the customary dowry mm. for Margaret. And instead, he would get the territories of Maine and Anjou from the English. Which, you know, at the time, these are the last vestiges of this Angevin empire that was established by my favorite human being on the face of the planet, Eleanor of Aquitaine. So, it's... <laughs> we love her. We do. We love her. We do. And so, it's actually really fascinating because she was a major force in the establishment of sur- the surrender of Maine. Um, and that actually started, I think, pri- if I get it correct, prior to even, like, her marriage. And mm. it was part of that content contingency of it and so on the 23rd of april in 1445 at the ripe old age of 15 she marries henry he was eight years older than her by all accounts a real dud uh <laughs> quite religiously minded and prone to bouts of insanity which will become very important um for the rest of the history of england makes me and therefore the modern safe. world yeah. Does it? It's nice and safe sounding. The bouts of insanity? Yeah, I like those. I think they add a little spice to life. A little spice you know? to life. A little comfort, a little spice. They they certainly did. Uh, You're going to tell me about the spice, I can tell. I'm going to tell you about I can tell. the spice. I'm actually not going to tell you too much about it because everyone always talks about him. And I'm more <laughs> curious about her. Margaret. <laughs> um, so yeah, what did I say? He was a bit of a dud. He had mm. reigned since he was a baby, and his actions were effectively um, some ruled by his regents. So he he relied very heavily on counselors mm. and this thing called the Lord Protector, which was established basically because he was sometimes incapacitated. Um, so they were though very into what what you're making a face. That's just worrisome, but I'm I'm following along. Well, again, at this point, sometimes kings aren't incapacitated by insanity is like 
not, I don't know, not necessarily what I would want in charge. In a, in a ruler who's actively ruling. Yeah, not necessarily. But, you know, listen, if, I, I couldn't agree more. If his counseling team is, is a solid team, then sure. Here's the thing. They're all very corrupt. Of course. Um, and Why fighting within each other. Oh, so, nice. yeah, I mean, it's it's not a good situation. And it, it's really just, it was the perfect setup to a major civil conflict. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, he he wasn't in a position to fight any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think, nor did he want to. And they were all relations to him. And people who've raised him because... He effectively wasn't. He was a king since he was a baby. Like that's the most isolating thing I think one can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say something and that thought went right out of my head. <laughs> there it goes. So, <laughs> oh, there, oh, oh, no, it's gone. Oh, oh there it is. Okay, fine. Bye. Um, out the window that I cannot open. Um, so <laughs> that's yes. a fire hazard. <laughs> it's a lot of hazards. Um, so they're married and she's fifteen, which is you know ripe age for production of an heir and it doesn't happen. She's actually probably a little past her prime if you ask me. I mean, hey, 12 is the age of consent. Thank you, Catholic Church. Oh, I was... No. It's gone. Wow. It was that... I saw it. You saw it. I saw it. I was so happy about that. I've never seen anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, uh, Yeah. Uh, 15, ripe old age. No, it wasn't that. It had to do with ruling. I mean, I I just want to say, like, maybe this is a roundabout way for me to get the idea, but this is a time when the king is king and rules by divine power. That was it. And so when the king is given the right to rule by God, you work around it. Right. And we're about to see the first time that people don't. Hmm. So it's really interesting, but, um, you know, he, he is, and considers himself to be that. And Margaret considers herself to be his tool in that. And, um, also that she herself was destined for it, which if her grandmothers had anything to say about it, she was. Um, so her initial failure to produce an heir was, was very closely connected with political events and obviously end up perceptions of it end up reflecting what happens when women get involved with politics. So people either said she was not able to do what a proper woman would do, um, or said that she had transgressed the boundaries of her um, proper place um, by having an extramarital affair. So either she was fucking someone else, or not at all, or she tried to do what she couldn't do, and all I hear is Lady Macbeth saying, unsex me here, and, you know, in order to gain power, one has to deny their sexuality. So I think it's a really, you know, either way, it's it's very much commentary on her political behavior, which is actually really great behavior and really interesting because she was seen as this intercessory between the people and her tenants of her lands and the king. And I think because the king himself wasn't very well a lot of the time, or in fact, when he was well, not frankly very interested, um, you know, she ends up becoming this like great power. And whether people are like, oh, well, she didn't really have any power. I'm like, but then why do keep pe- why do people keep reaching out to her to seek her help mm-hmm. as an intermediary if she had no power? Mm. 
or if they thought they wouldn't succeed by reaching out to her. Mm-hmm. They also so, sound threatened by her. Like the rumors? Immediately. Right. I mean, you're not threatened by someone you don't think has power. What is more terrifying than a powerful woman? Exactly. Really not much. Thank you. I'm wearing my strong female lead sweatshirt. It's a great sweatshirt. And it's putting me in the mood. Um, <laughs> if I had my nasty woman shirt beneath this, it'd be even better, which I have done. There's no such thing as too much. Never. Never. Um, <laughs> love it. Um, love it. Love it. Um, so, yeah. So, it's this It's this avid fear that we see time and time again. I'm so bored by it. It's just like, we get it. You're scared. And she's going to take your power. And she's going to do it better. Um, so, so, this is an interesting time. And, and... But Margaret's immediate priority and and priority throughout her life is to protect the interests of the crown. And that is something that she does and continues to do um, until her death. And so she is this extraordinary force. And, And she and Henry were both very interested in education. She is the one who founded Queen's College, Cambridge. That's Queen Margaret. That's her which is one of the oldest colleges in Cambridge. Um, and her patronage is is still very much regarded. There is like, I mean, that's why it's named Queen's College. It's, it was her idea. Um, and luckily in um, October, th- the 13th of October, 1453, <laughs> just two days after the greatest day, mm. my birthday. Um, <laughs> the greatest. The greatest. There is... No room for argument. Just there. one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I always... I like birthdays, but, like, it's fine. So, like, mine doesn't matter is what you're saying. When's Which your is fine. It's just I disagree. When's your birthday? July 28th. It's my cousin's birthday? Or is she the 27th? Yeah. I'm a Leo. It makes sense. I like the day. It was difficult when I was younger having a summer birthday because no one cares about you. But you know what? I learned to care about myself. And that was a lesson that lasted. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A week. I, I <laughs> Listen, a fall birthday no one cares about either. Why? They just don't. It's happening during school. You yeah. come into class, everyone gives you a cupcake. That didn't pat you on the back. That didn't happen for me. Am I imagining what it would have been like? I think you are. 
I didn't have hordes of adoring fans. The grass is probably greener on the other side. I could, you were, you were, you could have been on vacation. I was on vacation. Mine sometimes falls on Columbus Day. That seems fitting. That a, a murderous, <laughs> genocidal lunatic and I share a day to celebrate. I think there's a lot, there's a lot to be thankful for in um, history, herstory, <laughs> the passage of time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. I think they're changing that day, aren't they? They Some, better be. Somebody's fixing. It should be like indigenous person's holiday and it we're absolutely, so sorry. absolutely should be. Like, Sorry. I hope things are happening that yeah. will change. But you know what? Things never change. I'm really not hopeful. I've I've learned that. What's that expression? I don't know. The one where it's like have I have low expectations but high hopes. Something like that. Is that something Brendan Yuri told me to do? I would listen to anything that Brendan comes Urey out of that man's mouth. Do. I agree. The vocal talent the range of a god. You know who would love him? Me. Margaret <laughs> <Our good> Avanju. <laughs> oh, you're trying to bring it back? Please, I was. let's get back. Let's get back segue. to the history. No, I liked it. Now I just have Brennan Neary singing. Back to the street where we begin. I'm fine. Um, oh, that's a good one. That's, that's Nine in the Afternoon might be my favorite one. Nine in the Afternoon. It's, it's, a, it's a banger. It's a good one. Anyway. Um, Keep going. Uh, so, so Margaret gives birth to Edward of Westminster, the Prince of Wales, um, in 1453. And immediately people were like, nah, she fucked someone else. <laughs> or he's a changeling. Great. Um, she retires to live in great luxury in Greenwich, meaning she went to go live in the palace that was there. Like, even... Ugh, pisses me off. I was reading the fucking Wikipedia about this. And then I was reading a 19th century document about it. I was reading, like, so many things about her. Mm-hmm. And, like, it just... All of the language is so fucking tainted with, like, this woman, and, like, everything she did with it. And I'm like, no. It's like she went to go live in the palace at Westminster outside of court. Everyone did that. Mm. Everyone went to go live at Westminster or Greenwich. Greenwich. There was a royal palace there. Mm. Everyone fucking lived there. Mm -hmm. But she went to go live in great luxury in Greenwich after she gave birth to her son. I'm like, yeah, she did. (laughs) The royal palace of Greenwich in London. Well, right, right, right. Yeah, she goes to live there. This is still an itinerant court at the time. There wasn't a centralized... They still moved around. Like, this is still mm. almost the Middle Ages. We're mm-hmm. in the early modern era now. But, like... Because, you know, plague. But, like, it, you know, that mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's just... All the language is so tainted by, like... Chroniclers, to this day, are still so infuriated by her. And I love that. Mm. Like, who is this woman who lived 900 plus years ago who was still pissing men off? Like, I love her. Um, And she was always someone that, like, thanks to Shakespeare, I kind of hated. And thanks to, like, other women that we'll talk about that I was very sympathetic toward, that I was like, ooh, I don't like, because she was the bad guy. But she wasn't. I mean, everyone is a good guy if you look at their context and you understand why she is what she is. And so she went to go live, apparently, in great luxury in Greenwich with her baby son, who, as you know, was, of course, the product of an illicit fair with this, the Duke of Somerset or something. It was just so stupid. My rant is done. Um, <laughs> thank you. It's just, it's like, 
everything I read, it could not have been more irate at like her, just her existence. Everything she did was so, and so, yeah. Are any of the accounts written by women? Uh, some of the more recent publications have been. There was one in the 19th century that was written by a woman, and often those are the worst. Mm. Because if you think about... The Victorians had this weird fascination with the Middle Ages, and if you think about the transgression of a woman stepping outside of her place was worse in Victorian times than pretty much any other time. Right. I mean, that's one of the most strict, moralistic... Right, of course, yeah. Eras. So, it you know, there's this woman named um, Agnes Strickland, who's a famous biographer of women in the past, mm-hmm. and she just hates them all. Um, and I think it's just really interesting because, of course, everyone looks at history within the lens of their own time. So I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you the way I am if I wasn't born in the time I was and, and raised on a coast or, you know, I don't know. Like, it would be completely different. So... You have to understand that, and I understand, and I'm empathetic to everyone's experiences and blah, but, like, there's no excuse for the level of anger that is still directed at Margaret, and yet it is. People blame her single-handedly for the start of the Wars of the Roses. Great. Which is bullshit. That seems like a lot. Like, things have been simmering for a while. Mm. Mm-hmm. Something happens that doesn't make it better, that she did do Mm -hmm. but it it was probably just the straw that broke the camel's back like it wasn't the thing Mm -hmm. so so yeah there's just all it's every if you ever read an article about her i think there's a woman in um whose last name is mauer m-a-u-r-e-r something like that she wrote a book that was very fascinating and it was just specifically about margaret's um political leanings and it wasn't really a, like a history and someone was like and a review of the book because I love reading reviews of scholastic books because I'm fun um and because <laughs> it's fascinating what you don't have to re- explain what yourself? then the reviewer is saying of this book I like this information okay so <laughs> so the reviewer was like well she didn't talk about any of the other parts of Margaret's life she only talked about the political parts and like mm-hmm. she there was so much more to her and the author always can respond and the author responded going you're correct. I did. I did just write about her political leanings. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> she's like, I'm not finished with Margaret. There's more to her. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. And it's like, why is it okay that there are so many books about like what Churchill's, you know, bowel movement looked like for mm-hmm. a hot second? But like, we can't even do a mic, like a not even a micro history, like a microcosm of like what this woman's political life was about when she in fact was a a very dynamic political animal and it's just like so stupid Mm. I'm still mad (laughs) that anger is probably going to last a while it's never gone away it's always (laughs) burning so unfortunately in 1453 with the birth of his son Henry Henry's one of his rather longer periods of insanity kicks in he has a complete breakdown and it's not good Mm. He's entirely incapacitated, and England is at the mercy of very corrupt advisors, and a man who's been established as the Lord Protector, Richard of York, the third Duke, who was himself a claimant for the throne. Um, He was a credible claimant. He had a lot of powerful people who backed him, and he started, like, 
probably sending out whispers like, mm, you know, it would be great. But I was kind of, you know, who shit at being king? This dude. Do people know that the king has a mental illness? That's a very good question. Um, I don't believe the public is made mm-hmm. aware, but anyone who's involved in the court can't miss it. Right. And they have the power to overthrow. Well, if, no. If they want. No. I mean, it's, it's... It's never been established. Right. No, he's... God Henry, God by the grace him. of yeah. God, yeah. King God of England... Lord Protector of Ireland so then when, and the King of France because, you know, they when, won't let that shit go. When this little Richard man starts making whisperings, yeah. isn't that blasphemous? Not in this court. Mm. Lucky. Because the king is in no position to go, hey, fuck that. Do we know what he had? Like, it by today's by, standards I mean, of mental Intermittent illness? bouts of insanity... Starting in his 20s. That sounds like schizophrenia. It does. Yeah. It might be a schizophrenic disorder. Right. I, I get, We can't diagnose we're not there. No psychologist credible to their name would ever right. do that without seeing a patient. So no, one can not. only guess. I imagine he was bipolar. I imagine he had, you know, it wasn't an easy life and he wasn't necessarily mm. the most enthusiastic ruler. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but... You know, the birth of the man who's going to replace you. Right. That is what an era is. It's it's the reminder that you're going to die. I mean, that's one way to look at it, sure. Someone who's going to... the most bleak. <laughs> I, like, someone who's going to carry on your legacy, like, your shining offspring. That's one way to look at it, too. <laughs> but for a lot of... Ru- I'm no, not usually the optimist in a conversation, really but that was so dark... <laughs> Sorry. I just had to counter it for a second. That's fair. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) The reason I'm saying it like that is because it was. Right. In this case specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that could have tipped anyone who's already on an edge Mm -hmm. over. Yeah, Um, for sure. So in um, Margaret then, in the early... 1450s attempted to create a center of royal authority around herself mm. and tried to bid to be a regent for the king, which has been established before. I believe Catherine of Valois did it for Henry when she, he was a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and other, uh, Eleanor of Provence has done it, uh, did it for her, I think because it was Edward the sixth. No, Mora, Edward the sixth is Henry the eighth's son. I think it was Henry uh, Edward the Third. Yeah, sorry, Edward the Third. Mm. Was Edward the Second? Was yeah. Okay, it was Edward the Third, and um, and she was established as a regent for him. So I think Margaret saw that in very recent history and was like, I I can do that. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think it. I think you know her bid for it was attempt to create political stability in a time when all these very corrupt men are going at each other. Mm. And it would be, you know, she tries to create the center of royal authority specifically around the royal family, which is not insane. In fact, is a very good idea because it, of course, then doesn't work and becomes extremely unstable. Mm. And um, I think, you know, the post of protector, which was established in 1454 for that, I think it was established maybe a little bit prior, but it was established again for that bout of illness, and Henry designated Richard as the protector. 
um, in his incapacity to do so. It's, it's, it's really very not good. Right. <laughs> um, and so the poster protector assumed a military role that a woman, of course, could never... It, it prevented a woman from ever occupying that position, and so it couldn't, she could never be Lord Protector. She so then bids for regent, but that's completely denied, and it's never... Um, and that way, and, and the reason why is because there was no legitimate role for her. So every time we'll see that she tries to assert her authority when Henry is not able to, um, because she does not have an active role other than queen, it, it falls through. There's no political role for her. There's nothing official. And at the time, there are enough official political roles with enough official political duties that they have, you know, that her not having one is detrimental to her cause. Um, and so she always always acts in interest of crown and in interest of her family Mm -hmm. and but you know without that official role she would have to back away and then and then she did the thing that most medieval women did which was she would begin to exercise indirect rule upon the men in her life and so when henry was normal um or not ill excuse me not normal not ill um she could uh work with him and get what she wanted when her son becomes more he's still in his minority but she has a lot of influence over him she can influence him and get what she wants um and she always appeals then to the authority of her husband in her actions and um and her son which obscures of course the extent of her power right as it did for the medieval queens who came before her so she ends up doing something that's very smart and is something that i think is really is a, is a classic medieval move, which is fascinating for someone who, of course, is no longer living in the Middle Ages. Um, so what happens is um, Margaret's real fucking pissed. She hates Richard. And there's no... We can't really know why she started hating him. There's a few different ideas, but basically I think she sees his influence and sees that he's like edging to be the heir to the throne before and before her son was born he was next in line so um you know the rivalry could have begun later but there was you know things were erupting things were going badly and in 1455 there was the first battle of saint albans and um margaret saw fully the extent that richard was a threat to the king's authority and she has Henry recall Richard from his position as the governor in France. She banishes him to Ireland. And between 1449 and 1450, she repeatedly tried to have him executed. So this is, again, the period before um, she has her son. This is before a woman of that time would have a child like that. The child gives them the ultimate authority because she has the power over the future king. Mm-hmm. And without that, she's just this thing. It's amoeba, not a real woman. Um, and so, you know, in that time, that could have been Henry doing that. It could have been Margaret. We, we I assume it's Margaret, but I, most people then assume that the, the rivalry began around that time, late 1440s, early 1450s. Um, but then with the Battle of St. Albans, uh, things start really getting explosive. Mm. So I think that's a fun place. To stop for now. 
<laughs> so stay tuned if so you want to hear tuned. the explosiveness that arises, I guess is what you're saying. There are so many battles. Be ready. Whoa. Maybe put on some armor before you listen to this. Emotional armor. <laughs> but yeah, so I think, yeah, so she's, we're just getting into her. I could obviously go on about her forever. There's just so much to know, and I think her her life is very complicated. But yeah, so things are about to get real explosive. Margaret's like, uh-uh, he's edging for the throne. I know what to do. <gasps> all right thank you guys thanks for listening and (laughs) any questions of course obviously Obviously comment them comment we have an instagram we do follow it it's called historically badass broads (laughs) if you want to not forcing you i I would love it if you did um we'd appreciate a follow we would and um like it i don't know yeah just like the whole thing yeah and if up. you don't, I like notes. Yeah, we'll take notes. Yeah. Because they count as comments in the algorithm. And that's what matters. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'll tell you more about that later. Sounds great. Yep. Have a great week or two. Yep. See ya. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market